I want to talk to you this morning about the original renewable energy. The original renewable energy. They tell us that by the definition of renewable energies, it's a source that is not depleted when it's used. It's a source that's not depleted when it's used. It is a, uh, they refer to it in, in our world as whether it could be the sun, could be wind. Even though you draw from it, it is not depleted, but each one has to have a receptor, a capacitator for it. And, uh, but yet I discovered that well, all of those things are something that is sought after and on the agendas that there is a renewable energy. It's called the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And I hope this morning that it's more than information, but that it really becomes impartation. And as we highlight some things regarding the Holy Spirit, you know that there will be an encouragement of connecting with Him. There is a world of the Holy Spirit. In fact, as Jesus says that we are living in the age of the Holy Spirit. The age. Now when I make mention of the world of the Holy Spirit, we immediately will come to, you know, images, ideas, and, you know, experiences that have happened in our lives that have somehow framed, you know, our idea of the Holy Spirit and... By no means do I want you to throw those away. But I have discovered that the world of the Holy Spirit is amazing. It's very large. A world that has a, its own personal frequency. Eye is not seen and ear is not heard. Neither has it entered the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them, but he has revealed them to us by his spirit. For who knows the mind or who knows the mind of man save the spirit of man? And even so, who knows the mind of God save the spirit of God? Now, we have not received the spirit or the mind of the world, but we have received the mind of Christ. And the connection between the mind of Christ is directed to the fact of of the spirit. The spirit. 
uh, let's have some scripture references and, and I'll, just kind of a foundation of, of, uh, from the word. Jesus himself is the one that directed us toward the Holy Spirit. He is the one that directed us and brought our attention to the fact of, you know what I mean, that there would be some changes that were going to be going on. And so he specifically addresses us and points us so that we can be aware of, conscious of, and then also participate in him, the Holy Spirit. And so as he's talking, he says, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing, regeneration, and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, of course, our Savior. So he answered and said to me in a conversation that is having, you know what I mean, with regard to, you know, his service. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. For to this end I also wrote that I might put you to the test whether you are obedient in all things. Now whom you forgive anything, I also forgive I'm not sure if that's the right one. Presence of Christ. Let's go on. Let's see. Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. I think that's the wrong one. I apologize to our, to our guy who got back there. Anyway, it should read, and I'll have to look it up, you know what I mean, is... is uh, which I already quoted, I have not seen, near as ear heard, neither has it in the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him, but he has revealed them to us by his, by his spirit, by the spirit of the Lord. Renewal. I think that we're all in constant need of renewal in our lives. Refreshing. Isn't, isn't that what sleep does? Isn't that what, when you take nutrition, there is a renewal of something? Well, there is also that spirit man that is in need of passion and sight and affections that can ebb and flow in the, of them. Selves. Every day the, in the world, the flesh, and of course the devil is, seeks to pull you back into spiritual lethargy and, you know, try to choke out the life 
the life that you've received. David himself would frequently cry out to the Lord, you know, when he witnessed and sensed that his soul was dry. In other words, he wasn't having a good day. Wasn't having a good day. And so he'd cry out to the Lord. You know, the book of Hebrews says this, that, that you will not become spiritually dull. It said one of the keys to not becoming spiritually dull is, is diligence, according to that passage of, passage of Scripture. The Holy Spirit. Who is he? Who's the Holy Spirit? Well, number one, he's a very unique person. He's not just simply a power or an influence. The Holy Spirit is someone that can be grieved. He's someone that can be quenched. He's someone that can be resisted. And you can also be full of him. (laughs) And so what does it mean to be full of the Holy Spirit? It means to be controlled or having a, you know, uh, an overwhelming influence that's taken place in, in your life. It's the ongoing sense of that Holy Spirit working in your life and where you feel his, his presence, you even feel his pressure, where you become totally permeated and dominated by the Spirit of God and God's Word in your life. It's something that has taken over command and it begins to pull the strings in your life. Like if anger all of a sudden has control of your life, you're functioning and operating. It's pulling the strings. And of course we know what some of the effects of anger is and the same way with the Holy Spirit is that we know when he's pulling the strings in our life because now the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, you know, temperance, meekness, long-suffering. You can always know when the Holy Spirit is having a dominant control in our lives. It's more than an ecstasy moment. For sure. The Holy Spirit is the, and was the agent of creation. The Holy Spirit is the agent of this new creation in Christ Jesus. John chapter 3, is he's talking to Nicodemus. He said, I want to tell you something that unless you're born of water and the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. 
the Holy Spirit is the author of scriptures. My, the Holy Spirit. He's not a consolation prize, church. He's God's gift to the church. God's gift to the church, the Holy Spirit. He has a work to be done. It, it, what it is is life and power from the, from the inside. Life and power from the inside. You see, you remember the story and how they had the temple. And within the temple, there was the courts. And then but the courts was a veil, which behind that was the Holy of Holies, which where was the Ark of the Covenant, which represented the presence of God. And so as God's glory was dwelling behind the veil, that was God to us. And the New Testament says that when the Son came, that was God with us. But when the Spirit came, it is God in us. God in us. His ministry is permanent and it is personal. He's sent to give us strength in our weaknesses. Help us enjoy life that's above the average. To do supernatural things. To live victorious in hard places. Cause a regeneration in dwelling, a sealing, a filling, and an empowering. Just left to ourselves, we face power outages. We do. The demands of life, we juggle work, home, ministry. And he knew all that, he understood that. One of the reasons is that there needs to be a renewing is because we're earthen vessels. We're earthen vessels. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, perishable containers, weak bodies. And Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16, he says about, I'm going to pray from his glorious unlimited resources. He will give you mighty inner strength through the Holy Spirit. Jesus, as he was preaching in John chapter 7, verse 37 and 38, he's talking about how important it is the level of the Holy Spirit in your life in relationship to your faith. He said, He that believeth on me as the scripture has said out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of 
living water. This spake he of the Spirit that they that should receive, because the Holy Ghost was not yet given. Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go away. Because if I don't go away, he can't come. But if I go away, he can come. The Holy Spirit actually came. He actually came. He came just like Jesus came. Came in a little different fashion, a little different form. But he's here. What do we need? The dynamics of the indwelling. Why do we need to connect to the Holy Spirit? Because it will help our worship. It gives us the capacity to worship. It'll help us our witnessing. And it also helps our spiritual warfare. And there are three offers that are connected with that. The worship is that he has made us, for you are a chosen generation, a holy nation, a royal priesthood. So it expands our worship. It expands our witness. It says that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. It says Acts chapter 1 and 8 says that we would be witnesses, and that's what a prophet does. As he witnesses, he proclaims. And then... It helps us in us, our warfare. That's what a king does. A king, you know, takes territory. A king conquers. And so in Revelations chapter 1, it says that he's made us kings to God. So the Holy Spirit-filled life does that. Why would we want to connect to the Holy Spirit? Because it helps with life. It helps us to witness. It helps us defeat the enemy in our lives. For the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds. I know. And that conflict that happens in your mind, the Holy Spirit, you know, is there to, to, to help us. Jesus had an intense desire to, for his followers to understand that the Holy Spirit was coming and that the Holy Spirit would abide in them. He said in Acts chapter 1, he says, he said, I don't want you to leave 
until you receive the promise of the Father. But wait in, in Terry. And of course, that waiting and tarrying there was because he had not yet been given. And so they had to wait until the authorized time. But it was so important. They had had all the training. They had a fantastic mentor. They did. But he says, you need an inside power in your life. You need to wait until you receive that. We already spoke about John 14. He'll give you another helper. John 16, it's to your advantage. The Holy Spirit just literally makes you and I better people. We're easy to get along with. We're nicer. You know? We don't have those fits that we have beforehand because of the nature of the Spirit is, of course, love. And then, of course, he helps us in our Service for the king and the kingdom. The gifts of the spirit. It says in verse 11 that that one and the same spirit works all of these things. And as you read it, you'll see all of the things that it works. He says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18, Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. He says, really, you're recharging your battery. This renewable source, you're the receiver, the capacitor of it, and, you know, it's flowing to us, flowing in us. He says there's certain things in life that can interfere with that feeling, according to Ephesians chapter 5, you know. Jesus was intent on making sure that you knew about the Holy Spirit. What he is and what he does. That he's just not a, he's just not a doctrine that we have in the church, but he's a person that we have <laughs> in our presence. There's a frequency of the Holy Spirit, he says, that's possible in discovering the mind of God, the will of God, the purpose of God. The Holy Spirit was so active in the life of Jesus that everything he did was under the auspices of the Holy Spirit. Philip was walking along and, you know, on a, just a daily activity, and it says that the Holy Spirit said to him, go join to that chariot. 
the Holy Spirit. His voice, his speech. Because when he has come, he will guide you. He will direct you. He will talk to you. He will tell you of things to come. He will remind you. Making room for the Holy Spirit. That spirit that revitalizes our life. That spirit that transforms whole nations. That's what Ezekiel did. He saw the dynamics of the Holy Spirit in Ezekiel 37, and he saw this transformation of a whole nation. They were in the rubbles of things. The temple was destroyed. The leadership was dismantled. Families were divided. The land was ravaged. The people were enslaved. Grief had stricken them and their souls had become dead. And their bodies had become immobilized. Addictions were paralyzing them. And yet Ezekiel begins to prophesy. And he says, none of this is too tough. They're out of the bounds of the world of the Holy Spirit. And when you read that, you'll discover that it's the Holy Spirit who can take and revive the dry bones. He revigorates dull lives. He revitalizes dead dreams. He's the one sometimes that'll wake you in the morning and say, you know, why don't you come aside with me at this time? He's the one that strengthens you for the workday. Yes. He's the one that is ever present. He has never left your side. Now you may have aggrieved him. You may have quenched him. You know what I mean? And you may need some more of him. But he has not left your side. Because he is where? In you. He is in you. And because he's ever present, our task then is not to bring God's spirit and God's power, but to avail ourselves of him who is already present. To open our eyes to his presence and his power and his purpose in our lives. The life of Jesus was totally permeated by the Holy Spirit. It gave him the right words to say. 
gave him the power to lead. And it gave him the strength to care. It says that when the Spirit comes into your life, that there is a power that comes with it. A power. You'll be endued with power from on high. A power that was so dynamic and so great that it took, it took the, the, the early church and they learned how to do life together because of the power of the Holy Spirit. They learned how to be gracious. They learned how to be generous. And they learned how to be intentional in the ways of God. Acts chapter 2, verse 41 through, through 47. When Jesus began to talk about the Holy Spirit coming, he was talking about something ending and something beginning. A new kingdom that was worthy of our attention. Discovering the kingdom living. It's fundamental, it's practical. While it is definitely a spiritual dynamic, it is a very practical, you know, outliving in our lives. The dynamic power. The six-fold battery is just not going to bring to life something that requires 220 or 440 volts. Just ain't going to do it. And on our best day, our six-volt batteries is not going to do it. It takes the 220 and the 440 of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And he says, I'm right there. I'm right there. Recognize, you know, my presence. Presence of the Holy Spirit. Because God knows that you're weak, you're dust. He knows your flesh is weak. He needs, knows that you need something more powerful than yourself. You need something more powerful than positive thinking. You need a power inside, a full power, so that you can have strength for today, and anticipation and hope for tomorrow. Absolutely. You see, the role of the Holy Spirit, there are five images that he gives to us. The first one is wind. What does wind do? It's, it's, a, it's a breath that resuscitates. It brings back to life. It brings the presence, the passion, and the purity. 
Excuse me, that's the fire of God. It resuscitates. Brings life, the Holy Spirit. And that was the fire of God. It brings the presence, the passion, and the purity, the light and guidance. Remember the children of Israel as they wandered in the wilderness, God sent a pillar of fire. It gave light to them. It gave guidance. It led them. And so when he talks about that, you know, the Holy Spirit being a fire, he's talking about, you know what I mean? That he'll give you guidance. He'll give you light into your life. He will change it so that there is passion and purity. And then, of course, we have the subject matter of tongues. It's witness in mission. What do you do with tongues? It gives a witness. I'm not just talking about an untoned tongue, but it takes your tongue and makes you a witness. The tongues of the Holy Spirit. And then, of course, he's referred to as water. All of life is dependent upon water. And so also, the Holy Spirit is referred to as water in our lives. And then the scripture says that there's the image of the dove. The image of the dove. It's an announcement, church. The image of the, announce, of the dove is an announcement that bitterness and death, that oh, an overwhelming sin has been brought to an end. When Noah sent out the dove and it brought back the fruit, it was an indicator that things had been cleansed. New life is beginning. It says that there's now peace with God. There's peace with God. Peace with God. <coughs> Jesus at the cross, you know what I mean, has absorbed everything and the anger of God. And the, then the Holy Spirit comes and wants you to know that, come on. Come on. God's not mad at you. God wants to have fellowship with you. 
Then it was 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that said this. Talks about spending time with the Father, fellowship with the Son, Jesus Christ, and then communion with the Holy Spirit. Just, you know. He is someone that's interested in your life. I'm interested in talking with you, communicating with you, conversing with you. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is... is God's conduit of life into your life. It's that conduit. You see, the spirit of inside of you is better than Jesus beside you. And we've got to give some thought to that because I know that just like, you know, but that's what Jesus said. <coughs> I'm with you, but I shall be in you. It is better for me to go. I am now beside you, but you know, what is going to happen is I'm going to be in you. I'm in you. Bible says that he is, my musicians come that he's a counselor or an advocate. What that means is that he publicly supports you. He's one that is called alongside you for your defense. For your defense. I will give you another advocate. Church, here they were, you know, and they had Jesus. And this is not displacing anybody in the Godhead, but it's saying, you know what? You got Jesus, you know, and he's been taking care of the duties that were necessary. But I'm going to send you another one that's going to take care of those duties now. Holy Spirit, an advocate. Imagine he's defending you. He's your earthly defender. There is a defender in heaven for that says that Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us where? In the heavenlies. But you and I also have a defender here right now. Defending your spiritual life, defending your natural life, defending everything about life. He is defending you.
we get up, we get down. He said he'll abide with you forever. And there's so many things about him, but he'll abide with you forever. He says the world can't receive it because it neither sees him or knows him. Would you know him because he dwells with you and will be in you? The Holy Spirit is more than just a moment. He's more than just an experience. He's that conduit of life. That God has arranged for you and I. As you stand with me this morning, We have a life to live. We have a work to do. We have dreams. God has authorized the Holy Spirit for all of these things and all of these things in, in our, our lives. Increasing our sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Increasing our sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. How do we increase our sensitivity to the Holy Spirit? One good element and one good place to start is stay away from unanointed places. Stay away from unanointed places and atmospheres. And create an atmosphere of anointing with worship and praise regular reading of the Bible and listening to messages it just will enhance it amen so many I'm just not going to go any further on it and Peter stood up and said to help him identify what was going on. See, sometimes we get distracted and focused on, you know, what he does and not really who he is. Who he is. This is the Spirit of God, Peter said. This is what was prophesied by Joel, you know, years before. It's the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. Have you been treating the Holy Spirit? How you been treating him? 
Father, this morning, give us a fresh revelation of the Holy Spirit. Enlarge our perspective. And help us to tap in to all that he is in our lives and for our lives. God has well equipped you and I. He has the Holy Spirit. He's everything that you need. He's everything is able to give you everything that you need to know. He is the Holy Spirit. Jesus would get up in the morning and he'd go in, into prayer because he was being renewed and refreshed and filled up with the, with the Spirit of the Lord. gentle. He's kind. Amen. Amen. There's some frequencies of heaven that come by the Holy Spirit. You got to pay attention to him. You got to listen to him. Respond to him. Amen. Amen. You might say this morning, Pastor, how do I get this Holy Spirit? Jesus said that if you being evil know how to give good gifts, how much more will the Father, give the Holy Spirit to those that just ask Him. It's as simple as that. You just ask Him. He said, I'll give you the Holy Spirit. Because He's already here. Lord, as we leave the house and yet sensing your presence and and as we more aware and conscious and as we leave the house and Father, help us to spend a little more time in communion and just setting in your presence and absorbing your presence and being filled with your spirit. Let the divine direction of the Lord and the wisdom of God and the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit permeate our lives. Father, we pray. Let it take place. It doesn't have to be in a particular setting, but any time or any place that we give attention to the Holy Spirit, he's going to give that attention to us. And we thank you for that. And we go in this, the might and the power of the Spirit of the Lord in a regular activity of life, in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. He's there. He's with you. Go. Thank you, Lord.